Chill out, Cranky. I'm listening to Virtual Theater's new Patreon series, Banana Slamma, which follows my adventures in the animated Donkey Kong Country cartoon show. They're reviewing each episode. It's bodacious! Virtual what now? What's a Patreon? Dude, Virtual Theater is a podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. And with Patreon, you get tons of extra content and bonus shows for only one dollar whoa not only do they show up on patreon but they also have shows on every episode of both captain n and the zelda cartoon captain n the zelda cartoon i heard those shows were as awful as your cartoon honestly these whippersnappers today don't know how to make a good show anymore back in my day we had real heroes that didn't need a Patreon to sell tickets and- Gotta go, Cranky. Candy's coming over to watch Banana Slamma from Virtual Theater. Catch you on the flip side. Subscribe now to Virtual Theater's Patreon for only $1 to get Banana Slamma, Zelda, Captain N, bonus shows, early access episodes, and so much more. Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them, available wherever you get your podcasts. to the Zelda cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Allison Aletha, and I'm going to be your host this week. Andy is taking a week off, but I am never alone. This week, I'm actually joined by, well, I should say rejoined, by our pal Rod Lloyd. He joined us a couple weeks ago to talk about some uh, Elden Ring and do some justice to Elden Ring, because Andy and I struggled with it a lot. So I brought Rod back this week. How are you doing, Rod? Good, good. I fought the good fight. I'm ready to fight it again. I think you <laughs> did. I think a lot of people agreed with you. And I think that you and uh, our friend Goo did a good job at, like, kind of maybe convincing Andy and I to give it another shot, which I know we will. So yeah. so that's cool. Andy says uh, one day he'll, he'll give Elden Ring its last ride one more time. Yes, yeah. I, I think I'll do the same. I think I just need a minute to to mentally prepare myself. <laughs> Um, I'm also joined this week by one of our writers for the website, and I mean, Alex has been a writer for a long time, but she, um, joined a few years ago, has been writing for us for quite a while, and is actually pretty awesome at it. She's also been to the marathon, does some streaming, so we're joined by Alex Weber. How are you doing? Excited to be on the podcast for the first time, so. Yes. Yeah, it it's fun. Podcast we- newbie. Yeah, right? That means, like, once you uh, finish up, then you become a regular because we'll start bringing you back like we did with Rod. Rod's been on a few times. Yep. (laughs) 
Um, we have a pretty fun episode this week. It's um, kind of not what we normally do, which is obviously Zelda. We'll we'll talk about Zelda a little bit here at the beginning, but um, our friends Rod and Alex here they got to go and enjoy the new. Is it is it called Super Mario World? Is that what it's called? Super Nintendo World. Oh, Super Nintendo. Universal Studios Hollywood. Awesome. Yeah, so at Universal, that's super cool. I, I know a lot of people have been anticipating that. So you guys got to go and try it out now that it's uh, freshly newly opened. So we're going to talk about that today, too, and your guys' experience. And maybe, like, you guys can give some tips and do's and don'ts and what you recommend and what you would probably stay away from. So we'll get into that here shortly. But we're going to start off. By saying a big, huge happy birthday to the Legend of Zelda series. I actually forgot <laughs> that uh, it was Zelda's birthday last this last week until I was seeing it all over Twitter. It kind of like, it kind of like slipped my mind mostly because it's like 37 years now and I've been doing this for a long time and it's just like every year I'm like 30 some odd years, 30 some odd years and then I actually forget that it's 37. And it's been going on that that long, which is incredible. Like, that's the majority of all our lives here at Zelda Dungeon. So I think that's really cool. Did you guys remember that it was Zelda's birthday? Or did you have to be reminded by social I media like me? Saw, Twitter reminded me, too. I saw really <laughs> a lot of really good art on Twitter. International, like, art all over the, from all over the world. People celebrating Zelda. It was pretty cool. Yes. I didn't know until I was watching Nico's stream and he was like, oh, it's 37 years. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. That's so funny. Maybe it's because like we work at the site every day. So like every day is Zelda to us versus like the one day where everybody's like, oh, yay, Zelda, you know, came out 37 years ago today. So it's like more of a big deal to everybody else. And for us, it's just like, oh, it's another day of Zelda. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty cool. I was actually talking to my dad about it a little bit. Um... He was telling, I was telling him that we we're anticipating the new game and how it's a little bit frustrating about the news, but we're really excited. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was in middle school and we were hearing about like the Nintendo Entertainment System or we were the big deal back then was to get the golden cartridge and stuff. And I was like, that's kind of cool to see how much video games and like anticipating games and stuff has grown in the last 37 years. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, next up on our list, uh, this is something that we're just going to like touch on really, really quickly because I know a lot of people have brought it up to us here at, uh, Zelda Dungeon and the Zelda cast is last week was also, um, uh, let's just say, uh, pretty substantial in my opinion leak came out over the internet about the art book that is part of the special edition release of Tears of the Kingdom, which, um, I was like, when I was looking at that special edition, I was thinking, oh yeah, the only reason I would want this special edition is because of that art book. And But I was looking at it and I thought, oh, it kind of looks a little small. Maybe they'll come out with something bigger later. But then I saw the leak and I was like, oh, this is like substantial. So I just want to like... Pretty, it's pretty big. Yeah. yeah. I just want to like, we're not going to talk about anything that was in that book obviously there's no there's not going to be any spoilers here there's no spoilers on zelda dungeon we won't we aren't about the leak you know part of uh you know marketing for video games we're not going to do that um so i but i just wanted to warn people that that's starting this is beginning to happen where stuff is being leaked it's not just this art book soon it's going to be like game stuff and 
a little worried about that. So everybody, you know, just be a bit wary about it. Um, I don't even know how it really happened. Do you guys have any idea? It just seems like somebody had the book and put pictures everywhere. Someone had the book and took some pictures of it. Like of every it's pretty page. Pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Did I will say as someone who has seen the leak mm-hmm. and who is on social media a lot, I don't see a lot of people actively spoiling it. No, I don't Unless either. you go to you go to places that are like dedicated to discussing that content. So mm-hmm. and that but Alex is an expert I'm sure on like blocking all the right words. Right? Alex, do you actively like block all that I stuff? De- I deleted the app. I deleted no. I'm so scared that I deleted the Twitter app. Oh I wow! My notifications. I like. I I don't want to know, and I'm upset about the fact that someone, like, leaked it. Mm-hmm. Like it's morally upsetting to me, and I'm not gonna get in too much into that. But I'd straight up like deleted Twitter and like stop. Like I'm still on Twitter. Like I didn't like delete my profile, but like the app and the notifications. Like I. I don't want to risk anything. Right. Especially yeah, with I've these... heard Facebook's been pretty bad, like, as far as that's the only place where people have just been posting images from that leak oh. uh, willy-nilly. Yeah. Some of our own social media team had to get in there and clean it up. Okay. Wow. Because people weren't respecting boundaries. Yeah. Makes sense. Ah, oh, that kind of, that's a, that's a bummer. That It sucks that that's, like, kind of the age we live in where social media is so prevalent and it's just so easy to be scrolling on Twitter and see something. Um... So, but we do, uh, we do try at least here to respect everybody's wishes and like the amount of spoilers or what they consider to be spoilers. And we try to put disclaimers. We try to say, hey, warning, there is leaks out there. Just be careful. Um, but also know too that we are an, a Zelda news site. So if there is officially, you know, delivered Zelda news from Nintendo, we will talk about that. And if that's not something you want to hear about, if you consider that spoiler, this isn't really the place for you. So, and I, I say that lovingly, you know, I'm trying to protect your boundary of not wanting to be spoiled. So this, this is not the place for you, but I promise we won't be giving out any leaks or any like game stuff without putting us, well, not the leaks, but like future game stuff without putting a disclaimer at the beginning. So I just wanted to discuss that a little bit. Um, all right. Another thing I wanted to talk about before we get into your guys' trip is uh, Andy and I have been talking Tears of the Kingdom to death for the last several months uh, as far as any new content that we're getting. But I wanted to get some, like, different perspectives on the show for the listeners of, you know, some of your thoughts about what we've seen so far, what are your hopes and dreams, maybe some favorite theories. So let's start with Alex. What are what are some of your like initial thoughts about all the stuff we've been seeing and all the stuff you've been writing about on the Zelda dungeon uh, site? Um, I love how creative they're getting, and like I haven't seen any of the leaks, so like I, I'm coming from just the trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how creative they're getting with like the designs of things. Like it feels Zelda, but still feels new, and I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, like links all these different things in the arm and then we got a shot some shots of what could be Zelda or Hylia or a different maiden. I think that looks great. I'm I'm very character and story driven when I when I look at video games. Um so I'm excited to see where Link goes as a character, where Zelda goes as a character because uh Link drops the master sword in the trailer and that's so huge like character wise of like it's basically a huge choice. Like he drops the master sword to save Zelda and it's just 
very um um very interesting to me i want i'm very excited to see where that goes nice how do you have yeah. have you heard my theory about zelda dying have you heard that do you like are you like allison please stop putting that into the universe <laughs> uh i don't want her to die but like if they do it well i don't know i don't not that yeah i don't know i'd want them to do it well if they did do it mm -hmm. and it would be interesting to see how link would take a darker turn like maybe into like revenge like where he hasn't really gone before because of that mm -hmm. but at the same time like I'd be so sad. <laughs> right? I don't I don't, I don't want her yeah. to die. I know I keep bringing it up each week. I don't want her to die. And I hope if anything does happen to her that in the end she's okay. But I think that was actually – we actually did a daily debate question. I think it was yours where you were asking about Link having maybe more of a gray area versus just being the true hero. You know, that might have been one of your daily debates, I think, months ago. Months ago. Like, I don't remember. Um, some, maybe. Yeah. You've, run, <laughs> maybe. you've written a lot of daily debates, to be fair. So <laughs> – <laughs> all right, Rod, what about well, from, you? From all the trailers and the, the promotional images, it looks like Link's getting corrupted in some way, right? He's got the true you know, the corrupted arm. He's, you know, who knows? Maybe that's going to take over his whole body. He's fighting it. He is fighting like Princess it. Princess Mononoke style. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We did a deep dive on that, too, comparison between the movie and the and, and what we think is going to happen in Tears of the Kingdom. But what, what have been your initial thoughts about all the trailers and stuff uh, there, Rod? I, I think, I mean, other than, as opposed to Alex, who's looking at it more from a story character perspective, I've been like kind of like wary about how it's going to, how the game's going to differ from Breath of the Wild uh, gameplay wise. Mm -hmm. uh, is it going to do enough to be fresh and new uh, compared to Breath of the Wild? It seems so far from all the trailers that the map is the same from what I've seen. You know, the, the, the basic geography is pretty similar. Um, but the you know the latest trailer had vehicles and looked like maybe some new runes that we get to play around with, which excites me. Uh, made me think of Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts a little bit. <laughs> like, we'll be able to construct vehicles to uh, to drive around. But my biggest hope, for, based on what we've seen so far, is that the the floating islands that we see in the new trailers and and in the the images and stuff. I'm hoping that those islands will maybe they'll show up as you explore more. Like mm -hmm. whatever you do in the overworld will create more islands in the sky that you can fly up and explore. Um, I'm thinking this is just a theory of mine. I think that those islands are going to take the places of the shrines from Breath of the Wild. Okay. So instead of finding a shrine out in the world and going, you know, kind of taking an elevator down. Instead, it's going to be a floating island in the sky that you can fly up to and explore. And that's the shrine environment. Maybe they'll be more themed. They'll be a more, you know, diverse in what they look like and how they, you know, function and stuff. That's my hope, at least. I, just, I want to see more variety in gameplay. I, I can agree with you because I feel like gameplay-wise and, like, control-wise and maybe combat-wise, I've seen a lot of the same Aside from, you know, like the travel with the different machines that we could possibly be building um, and the traveling between the, the ground and the sky and possibly underground areas. Um, when I was looking at Link fighting the Talus, I'm like, even though he was using like some kind of rocket launcher, that's exactly how I fight a Talus. That's exact. Those are the exact moves <laughs> I used to fight a Talus. So it's kind of 
interesting. I wonder if they're going to be like if it's going to be a lot of the same movement, the same kind of like combat gameplay in that aspect, but also like a lot of like similar map areas as far as let's let's call it like the surface level, you know. Um, yeah. So I I can understand being worried about that because I have that worry too. But I just I do feel I do feel good when they start to show us a little bit of new things in these trailers, like possibly building a truck. <laughs> an RC truck that's my thing it's like I just want more new you know like yeah I don't want to kind of reach I don't want to retread I want new <laughs> yes exactly are there any like uh we talked about theories and like some questions and what people were hoping would uh like happen in this game last week are there any uh um Alex are there any like theories bouncing around out there that are your favorite or do you have any of your own theories about what might happen in this game I put out a data debate recently um, about just about the Nintendo statement in some advertisements where they're talking about the adventure being built on your imagination or something, and that that seems like something they haven't really talked about yet. And it makes me wonder if uh, like there's going to be some choices as far as the the player to have some choices as far as like. Um, I don't know. Like, if it's going to be more like a choose your own adventure kind of a thing. Um, so I'm wondering how the, our own imagination is going to play into the story. Um, but I also am interested in a lot of the time travel um, theories. Like, I'm a, I'm a sucker for time travel. Like, I love Back to the Future and I love the things in Skyward Sword where you see the environments change. Um, so. Like the idea of going to to pass high rules or something, not not just like incorporating other games, but like in and maybe changing the world in that way is really interesting. So okay, all right, you're a sucker for time travel, but you don't yeah. really like Ocarina of Time. What's that about? No, because <laughs> Skyward Sword did it better. <laughs> That's fair. I know that um, our friend Catherine, she is hoping to see, like, the time shift stones come back in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and she says that from the first trailer, at least I think this is what she told me, but from the first trailer, the blue kind of crystals look a lot like the time shift stones. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of gave her the idea. Um, all right. What about you, Rod? What about any theories you're bouncing around or that you are a fan of that are out there on, on the interwebs? tell you a theory i'm not a fan of is that oh man this game it's gonna be the last zelda game in the timeline and the first oh my god <laughs> yeah i it, haven't people seen are that. reading too much yeah there's you know it's like oh man if you think about it you know the the logo it's an ouroboros it's eating oh, its own tail what okay. if that's the series <laughs> i i think that's okay you know looking you know, reading too much into things i i i'm like it's gonna be a sequel to breath of the wild <laughs> And that's all it needs to be. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it needs to follow up on anything from past entries or, uh, you know, set up any future stories. I, I'm like, I'm, you know, as far as like the timeline goes, you know, I'd rather just kind of be its own, like, mm -hmm. be be grounded in your own setting, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, like the silliest th theory that I've seen out there. Everything else is just kind of like, I, I don't know, I... I, I a lot of like the hopes and dreams as far as the game goes, like what people are speculating that you'll be able to do or where you'll go or the characters will interact with. Um, I think, you know, I think all that's equally valid because we haven't seen very much. 
That's true. Yeah, it's like it's. I'd love to see more of the the champions. I feel like the champions have been pretty yeah. absent from trailers. You know, like yeah. I I I really want to know why that is. I think you know if if they're going to have a more pivotal uh, role in the story to the point where showing anything will be a spoiler. I don't know. I I have literally I have no idea. I've been curious about that too. We actually haven't talked about that a lot on the show, but it's like it is true that they they're not in anything. They're not in the trailers at all. We are see we see Link and Zelda and that's about it and then maybe that figure too in the in the latest teaser where you see the dress with the the design on the front um whether that's Zelda or whoever but like we haven't seen anybody else and I we we talked about previously whether we wanted the champions on and I was kind of like eh, I think I'm over the champions at this point because it's been so long since the first game and we got Age of Calamity and eh, I don't know if I really need the new champions anymore at this point maybe just because it's been so long since the last game came out but like yeah, I am curious. You know, can you know, can you know take a hike, but I want to see Sido <laughs> on again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> poor Yonobo. he gets so much flack. What do you think, Alex? Do you think they're going to be in the game in Tears of the Kingdom? I think they'll have a, a small role, just like I mean, I I think just because of their the fact that they can't fly. You know, I mean, maybe Cass, maybe Tiba, but like other than that, they probably are just busy with their own like. Um. Uh, you know, business domain stuff and like you know, like business. And I feel like like they'll be just NPCs again, probably. Like, I don't really see them playing a bigger role. Like you know, they they also have to protect their their build. They're gonna get trapped in the divine beasts again. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Good lord. Um, I mean, I feel like when you when you finish the game, you can kind of see them having peace and like drifting away. The champions, at least the old champions. So we know the new champions are at least there somewhere doing whatever. Um, so I don't know. We'll just have to see. We literally know nothing, so it's fine. And we say that every week. We literally don't know. So <laughs> we're just trying to guess, and we're just trying to hope that everything's gonna be amazing. And hey, we're almost in March, so like two and a half months left so i guess we'll see Ooh. all right let's move on to the main topic of this show which is that you guys and was it just you two or did others go to the super nintendo world we were we were joined by fellow zd ears uh Locke and rachel yes. and my wife my wife was there too nice so she nice. was the the, the one non-video game fan there <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, I talked to her about it. She has an interesting perspective, too, that I might be able to share a little bit of. But, you okay. know, just as someone who's not a big Nintendo fan, too. That's awesome. Okay, so do you know exactly when the park opened? It was earlier this month, right? It February? It was the, the official opening was the 15th of February. Okay. And they had, like, a few weeks of, like, pre-show, like, you know, uh, showing it off to, like, media outlets and, you know, people who, I think, like, premium pass holders got to see the park or, or see the area early that kind mm -hmm. of thing okay and then yeah. uh grand opening was the 15th got it and we weren't part of like the special showing you guys just went when everybody else could go yep okay all right just double checking <laughs> they're like they're it like was something um they do i wish Zelda. we had gone when there were less people there Oh, yeah. I did find that a problem. I went to Universal, but in Florida last November. And I was thinking, November, nobody's going to go. Everybody and their mom were th was there. So I, I, I have a feeling I know how you guys are going to feel about or tell us about those 
those crowds and stuff. But let's like let's start with like um the atmosphere of the Super Nintendo world and like the immersion of being in you know going into like a Nintendo quote unquote world. Well, we'll start with you, Rod. Um, well, uh, I think we. What happens is if you've been to Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, there's an upper lot and a lower lot. Uh, the lower lot is kind of farthest away from the entrance. You have to go down Escalator World, which is like four sets of escalators. Oh, wow. <laughs> and as you're coming down the escalators, you can overlook the lower lot. So you've got a vantage point. And Super Nintendo World is like right there, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb. It is very colorful. You just you, you see Goombas and, and Koopa Troopas and Yoshi just kind of walking around and everything moves Everything's moving. That's Coins cool. and keys, piranha plants, everything's moving. So you can't not see it. And then uh, you you walk on through, uh, you walk through a warp pipe to get there. I think that was like, well, oh. how are you going to get to the Mushroom Kingdom? You got to walk through a warp pipe. That's cool. And I like that. Like the initial shock of seeing everything was, I think, really neat. It's very charming because it's very detailed. Every It looks, you know, everything looks like, and it's scaled like as if you were Super Mario in the Mushroom Kingdom. You know, the blocks are huge. Um, you look up and you're just you just see, you know, almost like a level from 3D World. And uh, you walk through Peach's Castle. It's it's as far as like attention to detail and charm, it is off the charts. That's pretty cool. That kind of excites me for when I eventually get to go. What did you think, Alex, coming down the escalator world and going through the, the warp pipe? I definitely agree. Like I agree with what Rod's saying. Like that's definitely something. And I think another thing we were talking about was that like I don't know how. I guess not all of our list our listeners have always have obviously been to a Disney park, but they care a lot about like really making sure you're fully immersed somewhere. So Toontown, for instance, like you just see like the cutouts of the hills and the sky. Like that's like that's all you see, and like you're in Toontown. Like, there's no other things that perturb you from, um, that take you out of that magical place. But then, um, they, it's like they tried to do that, but they didn't really fully commit to it. Where, like, you'll see this construction thing over here, or, like, we're in line for this, and you see the hotel over here. Like, it's less <laughs> of a, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it just seems like they, they didn't really prioritize that. But I don't really think that's a bad thing either, because of what they had to work with. You know, they had the space to work with, even, like, um... Even talking about the size of it, like, it was small, and it, it was crowded, but, like, at the, again, like, if you're given a space to build something in it, like, it, you know, it's not really much of what they could do. Um, as far as uh, atmosphere, it definitely was just, like, insanely gratifying to see all these things come to life as someone who's played Mario for, like, most of my life. Like, it's just, like, and you just see everything in real life and it's like all 3d and like moving and then there's also this really like magical sense of joy around you like everyone else is freaking out too even mm -hmm. if they're like like all ages like you've got a five-year-old freaking out and then you've got like a 45 year old freaking out and it's like we're all little kids again kind of a thing and it was just kind of this atmosphere of joy i don't know yeah the yeah. The, the most magical thing is just seeing the tangible objects from like, you know, Super Mario Brothers, like in real life, like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, it's right there. Like that is, in, you know, that is a warp pipe. That is a, yeah. a, a question block. Uh, we, 
the, the, the dumbest but greatest moment while we were there where we were walking into a line and we look to like off to the corner and th- we see a, a wet floor cone, you know, like the <laughs> yeah. yellow ones that you'd see anywhere. Yeah. But it's shaped like a banana peel from Mario Kart. I <laughs> and love we it. We were all taking pictures of it. Yeah. It's just like little details like that make it great. And, you know, like um, every it, it's like a video game level, every area, every part, everywhere you stand, there's a musical score to accompany you. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, new arrangements of classic Mario tunes you know, fully orchestrated, I think Alex pointed out. Yeah. Oh, that's like, cool. As opposed to as opposed to video games where it's just like uh synthetic, like I was hearing like real violins and real, real Yeah, and, and you know, like Bowser's Castle area has a little you know, rock and electric guitar nice. <laughs> playing in, uh, one of his classic themes and yeah, it it they definitely did a lot to like, you know, just, I don't know, just liven up the the area, you know. Like, you're not make, just looking at a facade. It's like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, it's here. Yeah, like make you feel like you're in the magic of it. Um, I, I, yeah. I feel like I totally understand what you guys are saying, even though I haven't been to that particular park. I, My very first time going to Disney was last November. Like Disney and Universal was my very first time. So I know like from my experience, like going into uh, – uh, but two, the Star Wars part of the park where they yeah. completely immerse you in that bit of the park. You can't really see the rest of the park. So I totally get what you guys are talking about. And maybe Super Nintendo World didn't quite optimize that. But like I'm guessing from what you said, Alex, is that they didn't have a lot of space, but they utilized the space that they could. Is that what you were saying? All right. Well, that and then also like when there's already a really tall hotel yeah right next to where you are like it's hard to conceal that right unless you like maybe paint the side to look like i don't know something crazy like the giant block wall that's in front of the the flag at every level or something that would have been cool it's like like, uh, disney disney's the the master at like immersing you like creating facades so that you can't see anything beyond their you know boundaries you know Mm -hmm. like toontown's a perfect example if you're in disney's toontown at disneyland uh, you can't see anything beyond the painted facades, like in the distance, you know. Right. Um, it, it's same with Star Wars, uh, uh, the Star Wars area in in Disneyland, and yes. I assume Disney World. It's like if you're in that area, you can't see anything. Like you can't see, you know, Splash Mountain in the distance, or you, you know, you can't see the Matterhorn. It's like you are in Star Wars right now. Yeah, it um, was either it was that, either you can't see it or I was just like so focused on like I feel like I'm on the world of Batu like I can't like I just my vision was so focused I couldn't see anything else but yeah so Super, Super Nintendo World unfortunately it's like oh wow yeah there's the Mario flagpole and right next to it there's the beautiful Hollywood Sheraton Hotel. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer but you know I feel like they can only grow and progress from that maybe they're learning you know what I mean? And of course, it's a separate park too. Like it's Universal, so it's not exactly Disney's level of of immersing yeah. you. But it sounds like it immersed you guys enough, like that you were getting the music, that you were getting all these little details with um, the structures and the architecture, and um, these little things like a banana peel for a wet floor sign. Like that's incredible. Did they have like did they have any like characters walking around or anything besides like animatronic Yoshi or or Goombas? They sure did. Ooh, okay. Who did? Who's walking around? So there, you you there are. From what I understand, there are three characters you can meet: Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach. Okay. 
Um, yeah, Mario, like they, you know, just like any theme park, they kind of like, you know, cycled in and out throughout the park. I don't, Alex, you know, I was waiting in line probably most of the time we were there. So Alex probably had more free time than I did. Alex, did you get to meet any of, any of them? I didn't actually meet them, but I did like witness people meeting Peach and like little kids would go up and hug her like she was any other Disney princess. And that was also insane for me to see is that like. You know, like these kids who idolize Peach can actually meet Peach. You know, is is Peach it was, it played was like Disney where it's like, is Peach played like by a real not, person or it's like a mascot suit? It's a mascot suit. Okay, it looks good. Like you know, I feel like her mascot suits look terrible, but it looks good. It looks like she is in the game. Okay. Like, it's not yeah. Like a, a blonde with a pink dress. It's like it looks like Peach. Okay. Yeah, all the the heads they used are kind of animatronic heads with like moving mouths and eyes, you know, Ooh. that are really like really cool animatronic heads, you know, that the the person playing Princess Peach is walking around with. And there's I think speakers in the head that will do the voices from the game. Mm -hmm. So Charles Martinet's voice is coming out of Mario and Luigi, you know, and I think I assume there's like pre a bunch of pre pre-recorded mm -hmm. lines that they can, you know, pull out whenever they want. Like, woohoo. That's you know, pretty hello. cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so that's super fun. All right, so like overall for the for the immersion and the atmosphere, like what would you rate like the atmosphere out of ten? Eight. I think eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. All right. As cool. far as like yeah, like attention to de that's the that's the strongest yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's the strongest. And when we talk about like some of, when we talk about the one ride there, I think that's like there's only one. It ride? goes further into like what they achieved, you know, with the positives of the ride. Okay. You know, where the little attention to details, keeping you immersed kind of thing. Okay. I do have the rides later on the list, but we could talk about it now. Was it there's only one ride? Uh, sort of. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the ride. Okay. Uh, the, the one real main attraction in Super Nintendo World is, uh, I think it's called Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. Okay. And I can yeah. confirm that for you. Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge, I think, is the name of it. And mm -hmm. it's essentially a Mario Kart dark ride, in a way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was a whole adventure. I don't know. Like, I feel like I have a lot of mixed emotions involved with the entire endeavor. Uh, do we want to do positives and then negatives? Or yeah, let's do you want do... us to outline it as it happens? <laughs> Let's do let's do like kind of um, start to finish of the ride, but be kind of maybe be kind of vague in case somebody wants to like experience okay. it with like you know like without spoilers, well, I guess. Well, get, get, getting this out of the way, we we waited two and a half hours to ride this ride. Okay, that's probably pretty standard for <laughs> Disney was, and Universal right now. It was rough. Yeah, it, it was really rough. the The line was rough. Was it warm? Disney is not. I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like I, I've I've waited some long lines. You know, I've I've done my fair share of amusement parks. I don't think I've waited that long for a ride. Maybe that was I, our fault, but I I don't know. It's not your fault. I I honestly think that uh, post COVID, everybody is losing their marbles and wanting to go to these 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 uh, parks. I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, because that's what I wanted to do. Is like I was coming out of COVID and I was like. I really never been to Disney World or anything, and I really want to go, and so I did. And I feel like everybody had the same idea, and has had the same idea, and has been going. And so I know they try to do crowd control, but it just feels like these parks are completely overrun. So it yeah, does. They not did the best me. they possibly could. Yeah, it does not surprise uh, me to hear that you guys were waiting two and a half hours. 
They didn't have any kind of fast pass system or anything like that? They they did. Um, that was another thing. I feel like that they, they didn't really communicate that. It, it felt like to me I, did, I wasn't communicated with very well as far as like what we could do to mitigate okay. the weight. Um, they had a reservation it, system. Yeah. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. I think it was for pass holders because there there was no reservation system for the ride because clearly the website was like, you have to do reservations to get into the park, but we do not have reservations for the ride. So I think it was like diamond pass. Like it was like some weird, like, I don't know, some like special thing. Like it was like, they then they were not talking about it at all. They didn't yeah. even advertise single rider. Like we didn't even like, we didn't know about single rider until we were an hour and a half in. Oh. Yes. So if if you're if you're a single rider, like it's just you want to ride on the ride, and they you you know if they want to fill seats on the cart, you can wait in a shorter line. But again, yeah, that wasn't really advertised. I see. Um, okay. So they and, need and better even communication. To get, yeah, getting into the the area, you had to make a reservation, but that wasn't made clear to us, at least not to me, until we got to the park. Like Locke knew about it what were you do you know alex when Locke found out that he had to make a reservation to get into the super nintendo world email about it but the email i got an email like a week a week before but the email said that you can't do it until you're at the park about to go in okay like you won't be able to access it until they can verify you're at that location and so we were waiting until you came oh uh, yeah so. and by the time and you know like what time did like I, I think i my wife and i got there at like 15 minutes before park open or maybe after so you know right around oh, park it, time it yeah okay so right after right it opened now. we got there and we didn't get a reservation until uh 4 45 p.m to get into super nintendo world okay that also we were hoping to that also yeah, doesn't uh, surprise me um the system this whole like reservation system where you have to be on your phone on the website or on the app and you have to be, it has to be like the day of, maybe like at midnight or at open time um, or at certain times throughout the day. Because Disney did this too. It's so frustrating in my opinion. And I hope they're changing it in the future with different presidents and CEOs, whatever the, all that mess has been. Um, but It's I pretty hope convoluted. It is. And it takes away from the magical experience that you're supposed to be having. It makes you feel like nothing is spontaneous and fun and magical. It makes you feel like I have to be glued to my phone so I can get a spot on this ride I really want to go on because I live across yeah, the country. Yeah. Whenever else am I going to go to this park, you know? So I totally understand that frustration. And I hope that – I hope with these first few weeks that that Universal or at least whoever's running that portion of the park is learning from maybe some feedback or watching and witnessing how this has been a struggle for people and that they'll – They'll like revamp the system. And they need to get, they need to get more folks in there to monitor the lines because we saw some some line cutting, <gasps> a little bit of line cutting. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's some Bowser yeah. nonsense if I've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Koopa <laughs> kids were, were cheating. Oh but, my uh, gosh. Okay, then and then so I, I will say on the, the bright ride. side of that. Sorry, what what was it? I was gonna say then do you finally get to the ride after two and a half hours? Yeah, on the bright side of the two and a half hours, we got to see every aspect of the line queue, you know, which admittedly was pretty cool. Like, I'm like, you know, we were in that line for a while and it was an endurance test, but they did a lot to like, you know, paint up and, and, and uh, cosmetically make the line queue even look like different games. Okay. Um, chiefly... Uh, the 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 very first the very first part of the the line queue, um, you know, for, wh how long were we in that part, Alex? Like an hour and a half. Oh, 
I was trying to estimate this, and I think it was an hour and a half at Yoshi's Island, and then an hour in Bowser. Yeah, Yoshi's <laughs> Island is mo- the first half of the line queue, like 1990, 1995's Yoshi's Island. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's cool. They you know they painted everything up to look like the crayon paint, uh, uh, like you know, uh, childlike art of Yoshi's Island. Um, they're uh, towards the end of the queue. There's like a little uh, Yoshi tr- the the trees that you see in Yoshi's Island, and had little screens that Yoshi would like run up and down and wave at passersby. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's pretty cute. And. Uh, yeah, they 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 played like every room had its own song from Yoshi's Island, you know, and I love Yoshi's Island music. So that was at and, least uh, entertaining but to you. <laughs> for the most part, but you know, like Flower Garden from Yoshi's Island is like one of my favorite video game songs of all time. Uh, but after listening to it for 45 minutes straight, uh, it starts <laughs> to get a little starts to wear thin a little bit, you know, doop, 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 doop. And you have that song it's stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Yeah. Okay. So, and that kind of that kind of sucks you were so you didn't get a reservation until 4, so you spent the like until what? 7 o'clock waiting for this ride? Yeah. Oh, Seems wow. Like yep. Yeah, and then from Yoshi's Island it transitions, you go through another warp pipe in the line and That's it becomes cute. kind of Bowser's Castle mm-hmm. and you know, you we we you know crisscross through the entrance queue in front of the castle and finally we had to go in the castle that was literally the best part <laughs> was the castle alex you want to you want to take there i know alex was pointing out details everywhere oh my gosh i like before i even got to the park i was like this is gonna be dangerous because i'm gonna want to live here and stay here because it's mario like but then like when we got it basically like once you get to a certain point, like, you see these Mario Kart trophies, like, these things that you've been seeing since Mario Kart. We, we are even, like, uh, before, like, you know, the lightning cup and the, and the, you know, like, all these things are real. And then you get into Bowser's study, and, like, there's, like, books and books and books, and on the reams of these books, you see, like, little things, like, Bowser's inside story, or, like, little, like, guides to bombs or, like, little tiny little things that, like... Mario fans will get, and it's like I want to live in that study. Like I, there's so many little get, like little like tiny little things with galaxy stuff. There's like there's like every it's like every Mario game has its own little like Easter egg for someone to point at and be like, oh yeah, I remember that game. That was my favorite game. I get that reference. Like you know, it was like and it was the only part of the line where we thought it was too fast because we wanted to. Oh bummer! You know? so you spent yeah, yeah. an hour and a half just listening to the to the music <laughs> from Yoshi's Island, but only so much time in the place where you wanted to actually witness everything. Yeah, yeah. That that once we got into Bowser's Castle, it felt like you know we all got a second wind because we were like you walk in, there's a huge Bowser statue, and the thing looks incredible. Uh, the the walls are all painted like you know Bowser's Castle from different Mario Kart levels with the flags and you know Bowser's emblems on the. the the trash cans even yeah you know like little things like that they have like lava that you can see under the floor you know like like kind of like a light that shines through that looks like lava like you're standing on it oh that's pretty cool and uh yeah and it you know it almost felt like walking through like if you've been to disneyland in toontown you can walk through mickey and minnie's house you know or their Mm -hmm. houses and just kind of see that you know it's like a little walkthrough in that part of the ride felt like that where you get to walk through bowser's study and see his throne and it has like a little princess peach uh, framed photo on it 
which that is, is funny. pretty cool. Yeah, I think yeah. That's, I think that's awesome that they do that for the lines because I mean they obviously know that these lines are going to be busy and want to kind of keep people entertained so they're not bored out of their marbles for an hour or two and a half hours. And um, again, I haven't been to that that park because it just opened, but like. I'm just thinking about being in the line for like Rise of the Resistance and or something else, and you could uh, see like um, R2 in a ship, and he's beeping at you, or they have this interactive thing where Ray is talking to you. But that's in, just in the line; it's not even a part of the ride. So I think that's awesome that they at least did that, you know, knowing full yeah, well that you're yeah. going to be stuck there. <laughs> and that was neat, and like they used a lot of. They, not a lot of screens, but they definitely used like some screens. And Locke pointed out that the screens they used were essentially the exact same technology on the 3DS, kind of oh. like that 3D parallax, uh, uh, you know, filter that if, where you look at the screen, and you're almost looking inside the box. You know, it's not just a 2D screen; you're like looking inside this thing. You know, so there was on a bookshelf in Bowser's study, you see a little boo that's flying around and Aww. like messing with a statue, like a knight statue, and it's like waving at you and taunting you. That's uh, cute. Further on, you walk into like a bomb factory. That's cool. And they're yeah, they're building bombs. They're building um, bullet bills. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're you're looking. You're basically, you're looking at a television screen, but because of that 3ds technology, you can see inside of it. That's and it looks cool. like you know it's an actual factory. Yeah, that was neat. And they have a lot. And it's not just digital screens. Like they have like physical objects in the room. Like there's just a a minecart full of bullet bills. <laughs> You know, just sitting there. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So you guys did all that, and then and then you finally got to the ride. Did you guys all get to, like, ride together as a group? So the the thing about this Mario Kart ride is it's, it's an AR ride, augmented reality ride. Right. And the I think the reason the line takes so long is because they have to group like once before you're ready to ride they have to kind of brief you on how to play it or how mm-hmm. to like ride the ride okay so they put you in a you know they put like what Alex 40 people in in a room and they lock you in the room mm-hmm. and they pl- there's TV screens everywhere and the TV screens explain to you how to actually ride the ride because the ride involves moving a steering wheel putting a an AR visor on looking around and shooting like enemies with the visor. Okay. Um, in addition to just riding the ride. Okay. And you know, all that has to be explained to you. And I personally felt like the, 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 the way they explained the rules was a little limited because they didn't use words. It was all visual. Okay. And they tried to use little cartoon, like me's they had me's, you know, uh-huh. like cartoon me's there to explain to you know park goers hey here's how you ride this ride you're gonna put on this little visor on your head it's gonna be like a a headband and you can you you know use your head and you can look around and see you know uh uh, the koopa kids on their carts and you got to shoot them but also if you know if you see a arrows pointed like you got to turn you got to actually turn the steering wheel of your mario kart Hmm. and I've talked like I talked to my wife who was in a really bad spot in that room. She could not see any of the screens from where she was standing. So she was completely lost when she got on the ride. She didn't know what she was oh, doing. Okay. Um, I've, I've heard from a few friends who went media day. Likewise, were not paying attention to the screens. <laughs> they were too busy looking at all the cool stuff in the room. Right. You know, like trying to find Easter eggs. So they were lost on how to play this game. 
Um, and then and then you're kind of shuffled out of that room to grab your headband, which, you know, looks like a little Mario hat. Mm-hmm. You put on your Mario hat and then you're, you know, you you stand in line for another 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> was it 20 minutes? Maybe 10 minutes. It was 10 minutes, but it just felt, yeah. yeah. It felt long because by at that point, that's another thing that they yeah. did. That This must just be a, like a universal thing at these theme parks, but they make you finally feel like you got there. And they're telling you what to do and how to be on this ride or what to look, pay attention to, whatever. And then you have to wait again to still get on the ride. Yeah. And because you all shuffled into the same room, a lot of like like, eager beavers will just book it for the headbands and book it to the line. So I felt like we lost even more time because, you know, we weren't rushing. Yeah. So people kind of people who were behind us before now in front of us. Oh, was, is this where the line cutters? It was were a little, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a little uh, hectic and a little complicated. Okay. But uh, Alex, you want to explain the ride? Yeah. You know, how did you How did you enjoy the ride? Because I don't think we talked about it. Oh, um, well, first of all, just like I just a little music wise, it's like they did their homework. They knew that the best like about to play Mario Kart song was the one from the Wii. So you get into the place where you finally board the 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 little things and it's the da 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 like it's and my 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 brain goes like oh my gosh it's the right one <laughs> and then so anyway so I have it's these it's these Mario headsets that you have and they they're connected they you can it's fascinating it's like customizable like to your head so you don't it's not gonna be too big or too small like you twist it and it's customizable which I thought was pretty cool and then once you get into the ride like you like you kind of slip in like this I don't know if it's VR but it's like this kind of thing where you have a screen in front of your eyes so like that it's they're kind of like letting everyone have their own individual experience kind of like like they felt like making a video game ride they had to make it a video game which I'm not sure I agree with um but they really it seemed like they really went for that component of having it be a video game and having it be an individualized experience so you have the screen there's it's the ride is like you're it's in each cart i guess has like four seats but everyone's playing their own like everyone's aiming for their own even though like you're kind of with your team like you can see other people's shells you're still kind of in your own screen i felt like um and then once you get in like they do a little bit more tutorial stuff but i was still kind of confused um, and I'm a, I'm a video game player and I was confused, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? I, I, I'm like, cause you look and you press, like you have to look to aim. You have to look at where you're aiming to aim. And I was still just like, wait, I pressed and then I, like, and there's no know, crosshair on your visor, yeah. you know? And so basically like your screen is like, is here. And there's some, like, I was trying to look in and out, and there's some physical elements where it's like, okay, this is, like, a screen that's for sure here. And you're going through different, like, known Mario Kart tracks, too. So, like, there was, um, uh, Cloudy Court, not Cloudy Court, that's a whole, that's a whole different game. Uh, the Cloudy one in, in Mario Kart 8, the, um... The underwater one with the, the eel. underwater one. Like, there was, like, there, I was recognizing all of the things, and so, but then we're, you're, like, waving, moving through different, like, known things, and then, of course, Rainbow Road was at the end. But, like, nice. you're, you're just, you're just, you're just shooting. Like, you're shoot, like, you're pressing a button as you're aiming with your eyes kind of a thing. And for me, it was a little, it was a little off kilter, so I, I think my judgment might be a little skewed by that just because, like, it was a little off. 
-hmm. It was but, it was um, very disorienting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it was just me, but it was it was kind of like it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed like kind of not knowing what I was doing, but still like seeing all these things in my vision, and it, it was enjoyable and it was very immersive. But at the same time, I was questioning like maybe they'll fix this. Maybe they'll fix this. You know, it's like it still seemed like there were some kinks to work out, even though I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was definitely like playing Mario Kart in kind of a VR situation, even though I've never done VR, and there's probably a better term for it. It was just like this, you know, I don't know. Okay. It, was, it, was, it, was it was odd. Fun. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I personally did not enjoy the ride all that much. I think I had more fun walking through Bowser's study than I did yes. actually riding this ride. Because if it had, it, it, like, remove the AR from the equation. If it had just been a dark ride where you're on a Mario Kart and it's drifting around and mm -hmm. they have giant screens that show you, like, you know, Mario and Luigi, like, you know, riding on the same track as you, even if it's just on a screen. And um, you see, like, the giant eel if you're underwater and it, you know, mm -hmm. blows mist at you or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see Rainbow Road and Bowser's flying in, you know. Uh, that would have been neat. I would have been completely satisfied with that, but when they add the AR game element, you you tend to be a bit distracted by trying to, because the way the game works is the goal is to pick up shells and shoot them at the Koopa Kids to gain coins, and also to turn when their little like little arrows will show up on your visor that say, "Hey, we're going to turn right now," you know, turn your steering wheel right, and you get coins for successfully you know, reacting to those arrows as well. So the whole point of the game is to collect as many coins as possible. And if that's your goal, you tend to just be distracted and you have like tunnel vision. And it's just like, I'm only scanning for Koopa kids to shoot mm -hmm. and paying attention to these arrows. I am not paying attention to anything else on the ride, which I feel like does the ride a disservice because I think I would have much rather just take, I would have rather have taken in the sights, you mm -hmm. know, like we, Alex, Alex and I in, in the group, because we had so much time to kill before we got to enter the, the, the Nintendo world, we got to ride a bunch of other rides throughout Universal. We rode Harry Potter rides, Transformers ride, and those are what I wish Mario Kart was, mm -hmm. you know, where it's just kind of like, I don't have this thing over my face. Yeah. Uh, kind of taking up all of my attention. You know, I can just kind of look around and see the environment they've built for us. Okay. If that I, makes sense. I yeah. think I feel like I totally understand what you're talking about. When I was thinking about that ride, I haven't really seen anything on it, but when I think about like a Mario Kart quote unquote ride, I would want it to be just like you said, Rod. There was a, when I went to Epcot, my favorite ride there was the Guardians of the Galaxy one, and you were just more of like a passenger to the Guardians or like uh, a part of their mission, but you didn't have to do anything except be a passive part of the mission. Yeah. And like yeah. witness what was going on because it was also a dark ride. And like they like shot you backwards at like a million miles an hour. So it felt like you were going back in time, you know? So if you did that where you, they had a ride where like you're being on Rainbow Road and you see a banana peel coming up ahead of you and they spin your cart, that would make that more sense. That would have been dope. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get what you're saying because there was also a ride there in the Toy Story section of the park where you're, like, helping Buzz defeat Zerg. I know where you're going with this, And yeah. it's just yes. like that. It's just like that, that that AR kind of you're shooting at things, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm shooting at. I don't even know if I'm aiming at it. And I had no yeah. idea what was going on with that ride. That's I immediately thought like. of that Buzz Lightyear shoot-em-up game at Disneyland. Yeah. Alex, have you ridden that one too? 
No, I I haven't done I haven't done any one like augmented reality like that. I've done just the ones at um Oh, a Disneyland where it's you're just shooting, like you're shooting. Yeah, yeah, but even, but even that. Yeah, is, that's the one I'm talking about. But even that, it did remind me of that. Yeah, it, it was like where your 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 attention is divided. It's like, do you want to experience this ride, all encompassing, or do you want to play the game and beat the game? Yeah, like kind you of know? make them separate. The a good example of a game that is still a ride, but it's not like a roller coaster ride, is there's another Toy Story one where you kind of go through this room zigzagging and every time you come to the screen you play a mini game you know with the toys that's yeah. that's a good way to optimize quote unquote a video game ride versus like going through this like masterful dark room ride that unfortunately you have to play a game with as well yeah and i i did not like the ar headset i felt like it was pretty uncomfortable i don't like to wear hats in general mm -hmm. so this thing just it gave me a headache Okay. Um, playing it and the visor i mean i did i felt like it didn't work very well because like even it like even though my periphery was covered by this visor there were objects that wouldn't show up in the periphery but they would show up maybe halfway in front of my face mm -hmm. you know so it's like they would just kind of like appear out of nowhere yeah. it's like oh there's there's mario you know at least half of mario and if I turn my head slightly to the left, I can see him fully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and that was like the only kind of experience, like quote unquote ride that they had, or did they have any other kind of rides or games? Yeah, that, that was the, that was the big attraction. Like as far as like everyone could ride that ride. Okay. And uh, th that brings me to the other main gimmick of Super Nintendo World, which are the power up bands. Uh, okay, yeah. Allison, are you are you familiar with the power-up bands? Have you well, seen anything about these? I haven't, but I'm guessing they're like the Disney bands, which we decided not to do because they were expensive. <laughs> but, like, they're interactive they're with the parks. I assume they're probably the same. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think Harry Potter has the same kind with wands. Like, if you can buy a wand. I did, I did the interactive with the wand, and unfortunately there was, like, a bazillion children, and I know that it's meant for children, mm. but I wanted to do yeah. it too. So... <laughs> Yeah, and that, it wasn't that's, that fun. that's exactly the way it is with the band. So I was the only one in our party that bought the band because I felt like I wanted to kind of like, you know, just be able to explain what these things do and what they're for. Mm -hmm. It was 40 bucks. Yep. <laughs> so you got to think it's like everything that I do with this thing. Is it worth $40? Mm -hmm. um, the first thing it does is that it gives you access to an app. Like I'm looking at my universal app right now. Uh, you can join a team. And throughout, it's sort of like a, you know, live service uh, leaderboard. Like you join a team, you know, those, I, I joined Team Luigi. Okay. You join Team Mario, Peach, Daisy, Toad, or Yoshi. And everyone who's on your team is racking up points for your team throughout the day. And uh, you can check the leaderboard. And if your team wins the day, you get stamps. And I don't know, you know, I, I assume they're just like stamps on the Wii U. You know, they don't do very much. Okay. They're just like a... Like a thing you collect, collect you know, yeah. and I collect some, yeah, I collected some stamps while those are there. But the main thing that those bands are used for are things called key challenges. And that, the key challenges are the other big thing to do in Super Nintendo World. It's like, there's Mario Kart, and then there are these key challenges. Mm -hmm. And there are four of them, and they all are, like, they're for children. Like, they're, they're baby games. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, Yeah, and like. 
the thing that fr- like the frustrates me is I'm coming. I'm trying to think is like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm an adult man. I don't have kids, you know, so I was trying to put myself in the in the shoes of a parent. Right. Who's yeah. buying this power up band for my family. Right. For my kids and maybe for me. Right. So you're shelling out forty dollars for each one. And what they do is you can go up to these key challenges and they're little games. Um, I played three of them. I didn't do the fourth one. Um, number one is a piranha. Pl- uh, no. No, number one was like a Koopa Troopa game. And I think Miyamoto showed this one off during the direct they did because this is in Japan as well. And what you do is there's a Koopa shell that's kind of like, it's a real thing. It's like a real Koopa shell that's, you know, you look up and it's kind of like bouncing back and forth like it would in the game. You know, if you jump on a Koopa shell and it starts bouncing back and forth and hitting walls. Right. Um, There's a POW block on the ground that's, you know, right eye level with you. And what you do is you put on your power band and you have to hit the pow block like Mario would underneath it and time it just at the right time so that when you hit the pow block, the Koopa shell goes into a pipe. It's one of those three-lane pipes, right? There's like three exits to the pipe. Mm-hmm. And the third exit is like up. <laughs> I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. But what you do is you have to hit the pow block right at the right time so that as the shell enters the pipe, you hit the pow block. And then if you timed it correctly, the Koopa shell, rather than coming out the other side of the pipe, it's bounced upwards towards a Koopa shell, or sorry, towards a, a walking Koopa Troopa, and you knock them down and you get a key. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess it's like hard to, <laughs> it's hard to picture it if you're not yeah, really watching it. it you, it's really easy to grasp what it is. It's sort of like, you know, you're playing, you're interacting with a pow block just like you would in a mario game right right but the point is if you successfully hit the pow block right at the right time and shoot the koopa shell up into uh the air you win the challenge you get a key uh the the second challenge was like a crank game okay (laughs) is this reminds me of like little baby stuff you'd see in toontown right uh what it is it's a it's a it's a crank like a big giant crank that you have to like you know spin and what it's doing is there's a goomba that is is, you know kind of like a mario party game there's a goomba standing on a cylinder in front of you Mm -hmm. right and the goomba is like walking on the cylinder and what you have to do is try and spin the cylinder fast enough where you knock the goomba down okay (laughs) yeah and if you knock the goomba down you get a key okay (laughs) Um, in both of these two games, you know, I stood in line for 15 minutes because the only people who can play these games are the people with the wristbands. No one else can play these games. Right. So it it limits, even though there's a bunch of people in the, in the area, not everyone can play the game. So I think, you know, it's something. So I stood in line. I just kind of watched as people were playing these games and, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. It was really easy to be like, okay, I know exactly when to hit the pow block to win this challenge. It's very easy. It's very lenient because it's meant for children. The crank game, it's like if you just crank it about as fast as a little five-year-old can do it, (laughs) you're going to knock that Goomba down. You're going to get it. It's no problem. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The the next two challenges kind of uh, I think were meant more for groups. Um, The one I did – was you can bring in a group of as many people as you want. And I think it's meant for, like, kids and their parents. Like, even if their parents don't have a wristband, the parents were allowed to go in and help their kids with this challenge. What it was, if you play Mario Galaxy, there are those red 
or sorry, there's a uh, it's blue and yellow switches, and you have to as Mario step on them. And if you step on a yellow, it changes to the blue. And if you change step on a blue, it changes to yellow. And if you change them all to the same color, they all turn green and you win. Okay. If you play Mario Galaxy or Mario uh, Odyssey, there's something like that. So what they do is there's a giant touch screen on the wall, and it has these yellow and green switches. So you and your, you know, whoever's playing with you, you have a time limit to switch all the switches to the same color. And so if everyone just touches them all in time, you win. And I did it solo. <laughs> okay. You know? And even I was able to do it solo, so I got my key. But I think okay. it was meant for, like, you know, families. Makes sense. Um, and it's, you know, very, very, very simple, easy stuff. And then the last one was there is a sleeping piranha plant. And the piranha plant wakes up because there are five alarm clocks in like a little play area, maybe the size of like a putt-putt green, like a <laughs> mini golf. Yeah. And there's these alarm clocks that are ringing in the area. And this, again, I think this is meant for groups of little kids and their their parents. So basically you run up and you press your, your bracelet against the alarm clock to turn it off. And if you turn off all the alarm clocks, the piranha plant will go back to sleep. Okay. And you win. There you go. All very, very simple stuff. And if I was five years old, it would, I would have had a blast. But... <laughs> You know, I'm sitting waiting in line and I'm watching and I'm, I'm sure Alex was able also like observing people playing these games. Um, the the adults, you know, my age, older, you know, people who are there who are, you know, old Nintendo fans who, you know, adults now and just want to relive, you know, live in Mario uh, world for a while. These games are so dang easy that it's just like effortless. It's like, cool. I waited in line for 15 minutes and I got my key. Cool. Yeah, I, uh, I but can... I can sympathize with that because I felt that way at the Harry Potter stuff too because I would like wait in line behind all these little children. And it sounds funny. It sounds funny to people that don't love the same stuff that we love. But like I wanted to be like a little magical wizard and swing yeah, the wand it, it, at a it thing was... or play a little Mario game. And unfortunately, it is made for children. So it feels a little kind of you do it and you're like, wow, that was exceedingly easy because I am an adult. <laughs> It was a lot sweeter to watch children yeah, like succeed, I felt that you know, way like too. get really excited. Be they they knock the Goomba down because they were able to you know crank this crank fast yeah. enough. Alex, did you were you able to see any of these in action? Uh, I didn't really. I mean, I saw the the one we were sitting by a million times, but I my, my the task I gave myself while you were doing that until I sat back down was looking for Easter eggs. Um. I was not successful, but that's what I was doing. <laughs> that's another thing that these power bands do is they're the only way to really interact with the, the park and find Easter eggs. Okay. Because there's a well, bunch I... of questions. Yeah, there's question mark blocks and there's little like Mario symbols in the wall that if you press your power band up to them, something will happen. Like you go up to a question mark block and if you hit it, the underside with your power band, you know, you get a coin. It'll make a little coin sound. Or if you hit a power block, it'll make the power block noise. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, there's like there were Mario symbols around, like hidden around. And if you press your power band up to it, a little eight bit Mario or eight bit Luigi would show up in a wall, you know, just like appear, like a light. And you're like, oh wow, that was there the whole time. That's neat. <laughs> but there weren't a lot. Of, there weren't a lot of those. Okay. I after after we got out of the ride, we saw some. We saw some friends, we saw some little Pikmin, like, holding up a coin, and I got really excited about that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Pikmin are here. Like, 
that's not Mario. <laughs> and so I kept looking. I found more Pikmin. And then I get it in my head, like, there must. There must be a Triforce here somewhere. There was not. Oh. Unless I missed it. But, like, that's basically, like, I was looking for things that weren't the bands. I was looking for things that were, like, the Pikmin, where it's, like, I'm going to find the secret secrets. But I Yeah. But, like, I, that's what I was looking for. I was looking in plants. I was everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I thought I had it. I thought I had it when I looked up at the desert section, and I saw a bunch of triangles. I saw a bunch of triangles. I'm like, that's where they'd put it. I looked at all the triangles. Nowhere. Oh. That's where I would have put it. Anyway. Yeah, so there's like, like the only yeah. the only non Mario representation were I think just two groups of Pikmin. I still loved it though. I Those were cool. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So that was neat. So if there's any you know indication that maybe one day we'll get Zelda stuff in Super Nintendo World, you know at least Pikmin were there. It's not just Mario. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. exciting. But so in in watching these key challenges, you know, I also noticed that again, I'm trying to imagine myself as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. I've I spent forty dollars on this band. We waited in line. My little kid, you know, my my son or my daughter wants to play this Pow Block game, you know, and it's really easy. But at you know the same time, it's like a five year old might just get too excited and just start hitting the Pow Block over and over again. And this happened a few times. I saw a kids fail the game and they didn't get the key, and you know, I saw more than one little kid start crying because they didn't get the key. <laughs> and the, you know, as a parent would, the parent tried to ask the attendant who's there, you know, kind of running the game, hey, can I try for them? And and then the attendant were like, well, do you have a power band? Well, no, I bought it for them. Then no, you have to get back oh, in line. okay. And I was like, wow. That's wow. harsh. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 like, really... I felt really bad for these parents because it's like you're danged if you do, you're danged if you don't. It's like if you buy – if you don't buy the band, your kid won't be able to do very much in the, the land at all. There. You know, they'll be able to meet Mario. They'll be able to see the sights and they'll be able to play, ride Mario Kart. But you – they won't be able to, you know, interact with the Goomba or interact with the Piranha Plant. Um, and then if you do buy the game, there's no guarantee that they're going to succeed and they're going to get sad because the point of these key challenges is to win three keys – and go into an even secreter area where you oh. get to play another game. Yeah. Oh, poor kids. <laughs> so that's a bit of a bummer as far as, like, it's made for children, but then at the same time, if they don't win it, they have to either get back in line or that's yeah. it. Yeah, and it was, it was sad. Like, really sad. I, I thought, you know, I was like, it's, I don't know. I was like, I, that's all I can say is I felt bad for these kids. It's like... <laughs> You know, I wish it was a little bit more lenient, you know, at least get a participation prize or something. Or maybe I'm not like, gonna be like get good kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. And like maybe do you just get more than one chance to do these tasks or like I, I think so. One? I think okay. you can keep trying until you get it. Yeah. Okay. Like if if it was up to me, you know, if if, if I knew my kid had failed, it'd be like, Okay, I'll I'll do it for him. No, you know, no problem. You know, I'll just get back in line and get that key for him. Right. Um but the, the point of the key game is you, you collect three keys and you could show it. You, you walk up to like a little baby castle area and you kind of there's a key lock on the, uh, you know, on the wall. And if you, you know, press your power band up to the key lock, having found three keys, the attendant will let you in. And it's ba Bowser Jr.'s like chambers, okay <laughs> which is. And that was cool. It was, you know, kind of like walking through Bowser's study. There's a lot of like, you know, fun 
things in there, like his paintbrush from Super Mario Sunshine was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the the little uh, the flyer that he rides around in, him and Bowser ride in those like clown flyers from Super Mario World. A big one of those is in there. You know, he's like it's like a giant toy chest. And, you know, there's a few other things you can interact with with your power uh, band in there. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, like, a, a Bowser Jr. block, you know, had Bowser's face on it. And every time you press your power band up to it, it would do something different. Like, uh, it changes the color of the lights in the room. Sometimes I saw some person hit it and Bowser Jr. started laughing. Aww. And then I saw some – one guy, he did it, and steam shot out from a vent right under right at his legs – so it's you know it's like little prankster yeah so that was fun and 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 that was just a a line and as you get to the end of the line you get to play a a game with 12 other people this was the coolest attraction in the whole land and (laughs) they limited it to people who bought the band and those who bought the band who also got three keys so this is like the super exclusive area in the park i don't know it is a game (laughs) this is weird okay I'm going to try to explain it because it's sort of like you have to see it to like fully understand what's going on. But you're in a room and you're staring at like kind of a a giant screen. It's a giant curved screen, kind of like uh, the, the curved screen they used in The Mandalorian when they filmed okay. The Mandalorian. Right. You know, it's like this giant volumetric screen and there's a, you know, and everyone stands on a little platform facing this screen and everyone has a spotlight shining behind them towards the screen so if you're looking at the screen you see the outline of a spotlight and your shadow being cast onto the screen okay makes sense so far yes now somehow is really cool technology they are basically monitoring the movements of your shadow and then as things happen on the screen you're able to interact with them using the shadow cast on the screen so they drop bob bombs on you and you can swat them away like they're balloons <laughs> and bowser jr's flying up you know up and down the screen and if you are able to hit him with a bomb that you launched at him with your shadow he'll get hurt um bullet bills will show up and you have to duck them basically you duck your shadow ducks you know you won't get hit and if you do get hit with any bomb you're <laughs> Your full-sized human shadow will shrink down halfway just like Mario oh, would if he got hit. That's pretty cool. So that was their way of simulating what it would be like if you're playing a Mario level and you got hurt and you turned tiny. Yeah. And then they'll drop blocks that you can you know, jump up and hit and it'll drop a mushroom and then you can get big again. Um, so it was a fun little game. It was just kind of like dodge the bullet bills, launch uh, bombs at Bowser Jr., and once you finish, you know, you get a giant, congratulations, you did it. And that's that's the end of it. <laughs> that does sound, so, like, super cool, though. That sounds like something. That was really neat. That was, my, I think, my favorite, like, attraction at the ride. That kind of uh, sucks, at the though, land. that they, they It's 40 bucks, behind. and I spent, yeah, collectively, like, you know, what seemed like an hour and a half waiting in line to play these little games to do Yikes. it. Yikes. Maybe it's more like a like they're test running something for something bigger in the future. That would be cool. But like it's a bit sad that one it's mostly geared toward children and then if the children don't get it, they don't get to experience that if the parents like over it. Yeah, know? exactly. Um 
And so I'm like thinking, is was that Bowser Jr. game worth forty dollars to me? I mean, it sounds I don't like it think is it was. for you, like, as a person I, who's I'm, capable of the game. Maybe it was because I get the story out of it. But, yeah, it's like, I, would I pay $40 to do that again? Probably not. Mm-hmm. If I had, uh, you know, if I had kids, I think it might be worth it. Okay. But you have to go in knowing that there's a lot of, like, hoops you have to jump through to even get to that point. Makes sense. But, again, like, to the kids, they're not the ones paying $40. So they right. don't see it as, oh, my gosh, this thing. You know, even yeah. though, like, parents are paying $40, like, the kids will come out of it like, wow, I, I, I saved the day. You know, like, yeah. it was, yeah. you know, from their perspective. True. So yeah. there's a lot to consider. It seemed like the, the, the whole land was really driven by gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Which um, makes it fun. And, and, and I – yeah, but I, that's the thing. It's like the gimmick of like you have to have this wristband to really interact oh, with a lot I, of it. Oh, I see and, what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, and then like the ride has this AR gimmick, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of took away from my experience with it. Um, but I, I can, you know, at the same time, I see the logic why they did that. You know, it's like I know why, you know, you have to limit the amount of people who can play this piranha plant game because if everyone who enters the land can try it, that line would be so long for like what is essentially a two minute little game. Yeah. Yeah, I get that one hundred percent. Um, let's just say let's let's rank the 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 ride by itself and that's not including the line because the line has more immersion and atmosphere than being actually the ride. Mm-hmm. What would you guys rank the ride itself? I don't wanna I don't wanna let my like oh my god, they put this in. Like I want to say six or seven. Okay. Wow. You enjoyed you <laughs> you enjoyed being able to witness the stuff, but maybe not so much the the game aspect. I enjoyed the 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 Captain America moments they had, where it's like I understood that reference. Like I get that. Like oh, they're playing. <laughs> you know. Okay. But okay. Ride itself, I give a three. It, it, to me, it okay, was like I'll, not. I'll go, if he's going three, then I'm going six. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I think I'm being too nice. I think it's fine yeah, that the, you have for aspects. For me, the game was like. just like the game took away from the ride. If it was just a ride, like Al- Allison, you you came up with a better idea than they did. It's like I didn't run over a banana peel and spin out. You know, that would have been. I, didn't I fall mean, off I literally a thought track that would have happened. And have a lack of two pick me up. Oh, that would have been so cool because like some of the best things about those dark rides were the unexpected falls. You know? Yeah. That would have been so yeah. cool. Oh my gosh. Okay, now well, now I know I don't want to go do that ride, but like. <laughs> I mean, I want to experience it just to experience it. Um, so, and then like Rod, from your perspective, having paid the forty dollars, what would you rate the little key games and the game at the end? Oh man, uh, like the, the key games are like a five. Like I, I think like they were, you know, they were uh, uh, adequate, <laughs> you know. And it was kind of like it was like fun to. I hit a pow block and saw a real life Koopa shell. I interacted with a real life Koopa shell, you know, it's like, yeah. I actually got to see a full size Goomba do something. If I was a little kid, I, I feel like I would have had the time of my life. Like, you Makes know, sense. just doing yeah. that would have been fun. Yeah. But like, it was a very middling experience, Makes you know, sense. the, the key challenges and then Bowser Jr.'s shadow boxing or whatever. I feel like, you know, I had a good time. I, I, I said that was like a seven or an eight. I, I had a pretty good time with that one. I think that's cool. Technology. Just not for that price point. <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool technology and they should build on that. And try something new yeah. with that. That would be super cool. 
Um, I also wanted to talk, we're, we're a little bit strapped for time, so we'll kind of do like a busted out kind of round here. I wanted to see if you guys tried any food there because one of the things I noticed at the parks in November is I was really excited about the food because I had seen so many people talk about the food, uh, videos about the food being amazing, and I was like pretty disappointed overall with the food, maybe except for at Hollywood Studios and you guys were at Universal and when I was at Universal, I also had a disappointing uh, moment with, like, the Harry Potter food, except for the butterbeer. But did you guys try any food? Butterbeer is Su- good stuff. It is good stuff. Did you guys try any food at Super Nintendo World? Like, anything specific to Mario and Nintendo? We got a bad experience on that, too. Oh, no. <laughs> we wanted to. So they have a Toadstool Cafe. I heard about that. And. I've seen videos of it, like Chef Toad is on a video screen, like calling things out, having fun. It Aww. looked like a blast. Yeah. Uh, we got in line to have dinner, and we were turned away. Oh, I have had that happen yeah, too. Res- That's such a bummer. Yeah, all reservations. Yeah. Uh, it's really tiny. Like, right, Alex? Did it seem really tiny from where you were you were standing? The actual, like, the... The um, restaurant? Uh, the restaurant? I mean, I'm small, so I... I it just seemed like a restaurant size to me. Like, I don't know. It just looked like there wasn't a lot of seating. Like, compared to, like, we went, we walked and had, uh, we bought butter beer at the Harry Potter area. And there's a lot of seating inside, a lot of seating outside. You know, I felt like, you know, if you had bought dinner at this, at the, what was it, three broomsticks? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It would have been super easy to find a place to sit and enjoy. Uh, yes. Not so in the Toadstool Cafe. Uh, there's a- just limited seating. You did, we didn't make a reservation. We turned away. We That's did look at the the menu though. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything has mushrooms, yes. as you would expect. <laughs> it did look super cute. So it's like cute. you you can get yeah you get pasta. There's pasta. There's like portobello hamburgers. Uh, uh, like a there's like a Yoshi fruit salad. Oh, cute. So yeah, we can't really put a number on the on the food. Yeah. Um, Did not finish. <laughs> and I'm guessing the reservation system was through the app. You would have had to go through the app to the restaurant to make a reservation. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, because they. And did who that knows when reservations even, even filled up? Like, yeah. Even, yeah. That sucks. We didn't even think about it. Yeah. For all oh, we know, right. reservations could have been taken up at 8 a.m. before we even yeah. like walked in. Yep. That was a lot of the Disney experience, too. We had to make reservations like uh, at least three months in advance on the app. Yeah. If it was, like, a highly popular restaurant. So that's a bummer. Um, so you guys can't really give a rating to that, but it, probably a low rating to the communication that you guys had to make a reservation. Yes, I okay. think so. Any, like, other I would have loved to try it, though. Yeah, I, it does look good. So maybe next time if you guys get to go, because you guys live in that area, you know, you get to try it and make a reservation, and then you can come back and give us a, a rating. When you come down and visit us, maybe we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going. Um, I'm going next month actually. Uh, to show Kieran, so I'll I'll be able to. I'll know this time. Make the I reservation. Okay. Go in and actually try it. So I'll send us it. photos. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Okay. Any other like last minute miscellaneous things that stuck out to you guys? Anything for you, Alex? Uh, not not really. Butterbeer was great. I had the hot butterbeer for the first time. <laughs> well, then we're not even talking about Mario and Super Nintendo World. <laughs> <laughs> I had butterbeer for the first time, too, and it was stupendous. I had the cold butterbeer, and then I had warm because my throat was starting to hurt at that point. It was a whole long week, and that was stupendous for not feeling great. So 
I love butterbeer. It was getting cold, and then Jessica, Rod's wife, was like, we should go get some hot butterbeer. And I'm like, yeah, we should get some hot butterbeer. You know, warm this all up. I love it. Uh, This is now the Um, Butterbeer podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Buttercast. The Buttercast. Like, what did you do? (laughs) There are multiple... Uh, Super Mario, Super Nintendo World uh, gift shops throughout Universal yeah. Studios. So even if you can't get into Super Nintendo World proper, there's a gift shop on City Walk, which is outside yeah. of Universal Studios. Like you don't even need a ticket to the park to go to the Super Nintendo gift shop. Okay. Um, there's one inside the park right past the entrance, which we went in and uh, that's where I bought my power band. I, uh, Alex bought a really cool, was a Mario Kart sh- uh, jacket? Uh, like little sweatshirt because I was cold. Yeah, my <laughs> wife got one too. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a bunch, it's a lot of cool like Mario stuff, a lot of like you know plushes and you know uh, clothes, uh, keychains. A good selection and, and, of merchandise, uh, yep, you they, would say. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think some of it's exclusive to the park too. So that's cool. If that's your thing. Yeah. It's there, and then there's another one. In Super Nintendo World, there's another. I think there's another one out right outside Super Nintendo World. And uh, there was like there was also a there was a food truck right outside Super Nintendo World that was selling uh, like Mario drinks. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like okay. fruit punches and stuff. There yeah, you go. so you know, there, there's a lot there to experience. It's just like how much can you get to in that time, you know. Yeah, that's kind of the and struggle. And for us two and a half hours was spent waiting in line. Yeah, that's the struggle that I had to going because it's across the country for me. I didn't think I was going to like make the opportunity to go again, so I was trying to experience everything that I could and they make it really hard when you have to be in your phone making reservations slash in line for a ride for two and a half hours. Um it's a struggle. So it's definitely like it be prepared for that, I guess I would say. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite prepared for that that le- limit that level of disappointment because when people live next to the parks, they can go all the time and like experience new things. But I don't live next to anything, so <laughs> I I struggle with that a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Really nice to live up where you are. I wish I had trees and water and <laughs> not desert. Yeah, I I know that feeling. I live in a desert area too. It's it's gonna feel like calamari desert in August when you go to Super Nintendo World in August. It's just gonna be dead, deathly hot. <laughs> That's why you gotta go in the winter. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, any like last minute thoughts about like maybe let's do an overall ranking of your whole experience, uh, one out of ten. And maybe if you guys go again in the future, you can amend it if things have changed or you experience something else. But right now, that one experience, what would you rate it? Is it like the whole park or just Nintendo? World? Just the Super Nintendo World. We can okay. talk about Universal another time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was making sure. Okay. Um, Alex has to I'll think go. really I'm hard. I'll give it a six. Six I'm out of ten. Six, I think. Yeah, it was like. Once the initial, like, wow, wore off, it was a lot of, like, little tiny frustrations that just started adding up. You know, just, like, yes. poor crowd management, poor communication. I paid $40 to play, you know, a baby game, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah, the Bowser game was cool, but then, you know, it only lasted a few minutes. So it's like, I think six is where I'm going to leave it. And, you know, if, like, 
as the the crowds thin out and maybe they add some more stuff, they kind of take away some of the like hurdles you have to jump through. Maybe it'll be better. Okay, I think that's fair. What Alex? Did you come up with a rating? The I want to say eight until Rod's like, reminded me of like the things and my back hurting. So like <laughs> seven. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a nice seven. Okay, seven is solid. There you it go. Was, I really love the atmosphere. Yeah. That's another thing about being an adult going to these parks is that and then being there all day, plus standing in line all day. Um, yeah. yeah. And being a little bit older and not being these children's with boundless amounts of energy, uh, things start hurting. So <laughs> and you get tired and cranky. Um, but that's super cool. I'm like, I'm still, even though there's like some disappointments that you guys are talking about, I'm still super jealous that you guys got to go. It's cool that you went right at opening because I have a feeling that they will learn and they will adjust and change. And so some of us won't get to experience like what they had in the very beginning like you guys did. You know what I mean? So I think that's super cool. And, you know, I hope that anybody who's listening to this kind of got an idea of what to expect so that they can kind of cater their expectations to it. Maybe uh, understand that there's a lot of reservation crap that goes on. So definitely be looking online for that. Um, And I say I try to say that nicely, but sometimes it is like really frustrating the way they have this reservation system. So just be prepared for that. And and yeah. I, I'm so glad that you guys came on the show and joined me today and that we were able to talk about this because this is a you know, hot topic right now is that park. What are the odds? Thanks. What are the odds that you think we'll get something a little bit more Zelda themed? Like, do you think they would add to that park or do you think they would like make something more Zelda, like an actual world, like going to Termina or something? In it, Go ahead, Alex. We were talking about the rides around Super Nintendo World because, like, we, we were waiting to get into it, and so we went on uh, the Mummy, we went on Transformers, and like, we were just talking about how the, mum- the Mummy's great, but maybe if they rebranded that ride to Zelda, or then like even the the Transformers. Like, I've never been into Transformers. I don't really care, but like, they could. Like, there's there's even though there's not a lot of property. Maybe there's not a lot of property for them to work at work with because that's small. But then maybe the rides around them, if if those properties have, not properties, if those um, franchises have aged a bit or are not drawing crowds, you know, they could always uh, repurpose those rides without really change. You don't have to change much about the mummy, like as far as the physicalities of the ride goes. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's like real estate's an issue. I think, like, I know Florida is opening up their own Super Nintendo World, and they might have more room to work with mm-hmm. uh, to kind of, like, expand out and do other things, you know, with more Nintendo franchises. But it's really cramped where Super Nintendo World is in Hollywood. It's, like, it's right in, like, kind of, like, at the edge. It's on its own little corner, and it can't really move very far. And it's, like, yeah, Alex is right. It's, like, you know, how much, how, how much longer can we celebrate Brendan Fraser's mummy, you know? Yeah, I this, did. I went on that ride too. Movie. I went on that ride too. And you it know, was it's, fun. it's it might be time to retire the mummy, and maybe <laughs> you know, if they want to do a, you know, I told Alex, it's like they more likely rebrand that ride to a Donkey Kong minecart level yeah. than they would uh, Zelda. Unfortunately, I feel like that's the direction they would go. Yeah. Um, but you know, we can only we we can dream. We can dream. Um, Universal loves to do a uh, Hollywood horror nights where they do like cool, like walk through haunted houses based on things. And, uh, 
I said uh, I said it would be cool to get like a walkthrough Metroid haunted house. That would be cool. I know Andy would dig that. Yeah. But Alex said Alex brought up the Shadow Temple, and I said that would be so cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, well, so there's there's room to grow. You know, there's possibilities, but it, that's probably years and years off. So all we can do is dream. Um, all that said, I'm going to get us out of here. We've run a little bit long, but that's okay. Andy isn't here to, uh, to <laughs> babysit us on talking about these parks. So um, in uh, while we are waiting for Andy to come back next week, I believe next week we're going to be doing a retrospective on Minish Cap finally because Al finally got her rear in gear and played that game and she thought it was great. So until then, you guys can follow us over on Twitter uh, um, at the Zelda Cast. I'm at Allison Aletha. Andy is at Spateri316. Alex, are you on Twitter? I'm not on, but I'm there. Oh, that's right. You so. said you were getting ready. You that you have an account, but you're not going to be on Twitter. Where can we get you on Twitch, though? I'm there. Uh, also, it's also Fateful Fairy. So F A T E F U L F A E R I E. Okay, cool. Rod, where are you at? They can pause and rewind. <laughs> At Rod the Master on Twitter. Very good, very good. Also, you know, this is the Zelda cast. I know we didn't talk a lot about Zelda today, but, you know, for future episodes, please uh, come take a listen to us over on Spotify and iTunes and Podbean, wherever you get your Zelda podcasts. And all the fancy stuff that Andy does in his lovely outros that I suck at so much. <laughs> He's going to give me flack for it later. But, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Until then, have a good one.